I love a good mystery, and so does everyone else. In fact, everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey. I know that our listeners will absolutely love this game because you are uncovering the mystery of June's sister's murder, and you're becoming a detective. You're looking for clues, and each scene will lead you to a new thrilling storyline. This is a great way to engage your observation skills to uncover key pieces of information that lead you on to many chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. Right now, I'm in the process of interviewing family members, and this is bringing me back, just so you know, to my days in law enforcement, and I'm having such a blast with it because it is so much more lighthearted, but it also has the mystery of where will this take me? You can even chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. Megan, I think we should join a detective club together. We've got this. (laughs) Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This podcast may contain content that is graphic and disturbing in nature. Listener discretion is advised. This teacher made national headlines when she was caught having an inappropriate and illegal relationship. But even after getting caught and being warned by the courts, could this woman keep apart from her claimed true love? This is the Mary Kay Latorno story. Welcome back to the studio, Amy, otherwise known as Michelle's back bedroom. (laughs) It's great to see you in person. I don't care where we are. I know. I agree. And welcome back to all of our listeners. Today's episode comes at the request of many people. Amy, I'm sure you've seen the emails. Yes. And it's a little different than case we've covered. We haven't covered one like this, have we? We covered a sexual offender female, so Ghislaine Maxwell. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is definitely a different category of offender for Mm -hmm. sure. And I think that there's also, I'm not going to ask if you know who Mary Kay Latourneau is. Obviously, you do. Yes. I think most people do. I think probably the reason why this one came in hot a lot is because there was some recent news with Mary Kay mm-hmm. that I will wait to the end to discuss. Because this case also relates to female sex offending, Amy, I turn to our good friend Alexa Sardinia from Beyond Fear Podcast for a couple of insights So I'll be sure to relay what she said about Mary Kay when we kind of discuss our conclusions. We're lucky. It's nice that we actually can work with... I didn't even know you did that. That's great. I know. Well, you know, we had uh, Alexa on, remember, when Mm -hmm. we discussed Ghislaine Maxwell, and I've talked to Alyssa for other cases. And, you know, they're part of our podcast network now, so it's great to be able to work with them and just get their insights. And Alexa really does specialize very specifically in female sex Mm -hmm. offending. So, Mm -hmm. all right. Mary Catherine was born in 1962 to John and Mary Schmitz of Orange County, California, in Spa Glass Hill, an affluent neighborhood. Her father was a college professor, and he was elected to Congress in 1970 as a radical conservative, and he was very popular. He even ran for president, but he did not win, 
though he did get something in the neighborhood of a million plus votes. What's his name? His name was John Schmitz. Hmm. I knew of him and I knew he was a politician for some time, but I didn't know that. Mary was one of seven children and they lived in a very traditional, conservative, and some would even say rigid home. You know, that kind of very strict, very religious, and they were practicing Catholicism. Some would say that, again, this was just a little bit too rigid of a home, you might say. There was a pretty significant tragedy in her family growing up. When Mary was just 11 years old, her three-year-old brother, Philip, died from drowning in their pool. Oh, wow. And yeah, I mean, it's tragic in itself, but Mary had been playing, I guess, with another sibling at the other end of the pool. And so, you know, many speculate this had quite an impact on her who might have felt some responsibility. She was, you know, older and could have been supervising him. Mary denied this later on, having any trouble or this significantly impacting her. But I have trouble believing that, whether it was conscious or not, or whether she realized it or not. Mary Kay enjoyed her teenage life as a cheerleader and as someone who just liked to have a lot of fun. She wasn't the best student, but she wasn't the worst either. I saw her best friend discussing their relationship on a documentary. There's a lot a lot you can watch on Mary Kay Letourneau. But um, she talked about their fun outings together and how she and Mary would talk about getting married someday and how they'd send their children to school together and raise them together. Now, you might see this as normal talk, or perhaps you might see this as a little bit of a romanticized version of what life would be like. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing, though, when I was younger. I feel like it was like, oh, we're going to be best friends. We're going to our kids are going to be best friends. Our dogs are going to be best friends. You know, you know it's funny. I, yeah, you never had that. Because well, uh, I never said I, w- I never fantasized about having kids. So, uh, <laughs> I, didn't. I don't know that I fantasized about having kids, but this the idea of like, I think the idea is just growing up. Like if you have a close best friend, it's like you think that that person's going to be with you for the rest of your life. You know? I think so. And yeah. I, I do think a lot of, you know, I, a lot of girls my age certainly talks about getting yeah. older and getting married and stuff. And for me, I was just like, I don't know, what am I, what am I going to be? Am I going to be a criminologist? No. <laughs> um, but so, you know, again, normal, maybe a little romanticized, but again, normal for a, a girl of that age. But one thing that couldn't be romanticized as Mary got older was her parents' marriage. Their marriage was in trouble behind the scenes. And while Mary's mother was described as being pretty cold, Mary Kay was extremely close with her father. Her father would eventually have an affair, though, having two children with another woman named Carla, who was, get this, a former student of his. This was publicly revealed in 1982 when Mary Kay was 20 years old in college at the time. But the affair had been going on for several years prior to that. So this is one of those cases where he has a whole other family. The student, she wasn't underage, I'm assuming it was at the college level? She was not underage. I'm not saying it's necessarily appropriate, but... It's not appropriate, but (laughs) it's also, you know, ironic here, the similarities. And while the relationship between Mary, not Mary Kay, but her mother and her father was certainly strained and the two separated, the two eventually reunited and stayed together in the end. I I can't imagine this. I just can't imagine. Maybe it was a different time, different value system Mm. for them, but I I was shocked to see that. On a side note, life for his other family, this is just something, it's not relates, but I I was curious about his other family, and it seemed their lives were very difficult. There were allegations of abuse by Carla against one of the children, and John, Mary Kay's father, wanted nothing to do with caring for his kids, would not take care of them at all. So when Carla eventually passed from diabetes, the kids were cared for by a friend. 
But when that friend passed, the kids eventually became wards of the state. I'm sorry, Carla is his student. Yes, okay, and it was the children's sure. mother. Gotcha. Oh, and he he just left that family? Completely. Wow. Right. And yeah, and you see, I mean, things worked out. You know, I, I hope the kids are okay now, but it was, all, you know, very difficult. As for Mary Kay, she went on to attend college at Arizona State University, far away from her roots in California. At ASU, she met and began dating Steve Latorno, who was from the state of Washington. Steve was a normal fraternity type college guy by all accounts, but Mary's best friend from childhood said she was very surprised that Mary took interest in him, saying that he wasn't exactly the caliber of kind of males Mary grew up with. I guess Mary grew up with a family that was, you know, highly educated, affluent, political. And I think she just thought Steve didn't fit with that mold. At least that's that's how she explained it. But Mary liked Steve. And when she was just 22, she got pregnant. And of course, her very conservative, this is such irony to me, her very conservative parents urged her to marry right away. That makes sense, though, because you can't have a baby out of wedlock. Well, not according to them. But the irony here is not that. It's that the conservative parents, the father who had an affair, was an adulterer, did Mm -hmm. not care for his children, but espoused these conservative views, was then concerned about his daughter getting married right away because it would look bad. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit of a contradiction there. I mean, that's not what I'd be worried about looking bad, uh, but maybe that was just their beliefs. But anyway, at four months pregnant, Mary and Steve married. And they moved to Anchorage, Alaska, where Steve took a job as a baggage handler with Alaska Airlines. Have you been to Alaska? Not yet. Okay, it's on your list, right? Yeah. Definitely on my list. So they initially began in Alaska, but a few years later, the family moved to Seattle, Washington, when Steve got a job transfer. They had three more children while they were there. And, and surprisingly, with a, even caring for all those children, Mary finished school and began a career as an elementary school teacher. She taught the sixth grade, and she worked very hard by all accounts, involved with lots of activities in school. She loved her job, but her marriage slowly fell apart. They reportedly had a lot of financial troubles, and Steve was having affairs, which frankly, I don't even think Mary cared about, which signals an even bigger problem. Well, because of, you know, look at what's going on in her family. People cheating, getting back together, leaving, right, with the father. I mean, yeah, certainly. And, and trust it seems me, like it's acceptable. I don't know if it was just acceptable. I think that she just wasn't in love with him anymore. Uh, and I think that's what the pro- like she wasn't upset or, yeah. in, or this is reportedly, too. We have no idea how mm-hmm. she really felt about it. But I think that, mm-hmm. you know, she was upset, but I don't know if she was heartbroken. Regardless, she did need some solace and she found solace in a forbidden place. Where is that place? I think you know where I'm going. In 1996, Vili Falau became a student in Mary's class. And Vili was very artistic and creative, and Mary took notice of Vili's talent. Mary's father died around this time, and her marriage was falling apart. And so who would she likely have turned to for comfort, Amy? I mean, I would have said I'd hope a, a friend or a family member, but I, I would imagine you're about to say her one of her students. Yes, she turned to her sixth-grade talented student, Vili Falau. The two began spending time together in Mary's home and outside of the home. So Billy was the same age as one of Mary's children. So I think the guys here, or it made sense that Billy was friends with her son and would therefore come over to play or hang out together, right? So she began paying more attention to him and then inviting him over, you know, to hang out with her son. And I think 
he was friendly with Mary's son, just so you know, but this was more of a cover to have Mary or to for Mary to have him in the home and spend time with him. And one night in June 1996, after taking Billy out for dinner. Yes. What you, what, how is that even okay? It's, well, so. Her, was her son there? No. And so she took Billy out for dinner. Um, I saw a deposition that Billy did because later on yeah. he would come to give depositions. And he had said that this was to celebrate his academic achievements because he had, he had been struggling. You know, mm-hmm. he was talented and creative, but he had struggles with his academics and Mary helped him. And so he was doing quite well. And so this was a congratulatory kind of dinner. Billy's mom, you might ask, you know, about his parents. I know that his mother was a single mother. And let me just put it this way. She trusted Mary. Mary was his teacher. And not only Mary was his teacher, but Mary was also his friend's mother. There's no reason to think right. anything right. other than. Okay. Well, um, after taking Billy out for this dinner, the pair was caught in Mary's car. Like very shortly after dinner, they were caught by the police in the parking lot of a local marina. After midnight, mind you, in what appeared to look like they were both in the back seat together. Billy lied about his name when the police came over and age and Mary did as well. But the police, they were suspicious. And so they took them both to the police station. Why do you think they were suspicious that he looked very young? Is that why? He was 12 years old. So, yeah. And he said, I think he said he was 18. And they were like, no, he's not 18 years old. Now, I will say that Billy did look older than a typical 12 year old, but not that much older. And how um, old was Mary at this point? Mary was in her 30s. So I think she's she's 20 or 22 years his senior. I think okay. she was 34 when he was 12. Yeah. So the police took them into the station and they called Billy's mother. And Billy's mother confirmed that Billy was at a sleepover at Mary's house and that there was surely a good reason why they had gone out at that time. So essentially, Mary had a good story. She said that she and her husband got into a fight and Billy was really had witnessed it and got very upset and left the house. And so basically she just went out to find him because she was concerned about him. Why were they in the back seat? She said they weren't. So they weren't nude or anything? No, they weren't nude. Okay. And I'm sorry. And I don't know if she said they weren't or okay. she just said they were talking, okay. but they weren't they weren't found doing anything. It just appeared inappropriate gotcha. at that point. And I think that the windows were steamed up. It looked like something was going on, but it wasn't concrete. It was not like they opened the doors and these two were unclothed. You know what I mean? So it was still in between. And again, let me just remind you, Billy's mother trusted Mary. So when Mary told the story, like, I was just going to make sure he was okay. I was comforting him. She believed it. Where was her family? Meanwhile, her husband was home with her kids. Home with her kids. Okay. And I'm not sure that they knew that she ever left the house with Billy. Gotcha. So Billy's mom knew, but that's because he's a minor. They have yeah. to contact her. Mm-hmm. Mom. Right. Okay. In July, shortly after Billy turned 13, according to Billy, Mary had sex with him for the first time on the roof of her home. What? I didn't know this either. This is what he said. They were out of, like, they had a hide and he was over, I guess, for a sleepover. And so they went onto the roof. So they were already romantically involved, it sounds like, but they, they just hadn't had sex yet. Correct. According to Billy in his deposition, and I don't think there was and any he, reason for him to lie. At this point, it's after the school year, so he's not in her class anymore, but I'm assuming they're correct. hanging out under the guise of... That's correct. She's children at his, being yep, He's at her home, yes. And by October, Mary was pregnant with Billy's child. And the Latorno family had discovered that Mary was having this illicit relationship. Do you remember this? I don't think I realized just how awful this is. No. uh, You know what? When I was doing the research on this, going through this, I was going, what? This is is really upsetting. Wow. And so her husband, Steve, found like a letter from Billy to her. And he knew what was going on. He went to Billy's house at one point 
and threatened him to stay away from his wife. Okay, first of all, I have two questions. Yeah. Number one, I thought they were separated already. Mary and her husband. No. no. Okay, he had just cheated, but she stayed with him. That's correct. Gotcha. And you're telling me that the husband, instead of looking at him as a victim, he acts as if he's trying to move in on his wife. That's correct. That is sick. I think so, too. I mean, this is the kind of thing where he should be looking at him as a victim and he should be looking at his wife. What is the matter as with As an you? offender. And he did. Okay. He did feel that way towards Mary. But still, I mean, if this was the shoe was on the other foot, there's no way I would even Ugh. entertain staying with a person who had, you know, sexually assaulted a child. And ultimately, let me just tell you, it wasn't Steve, but it was one of his relatives mm -hmm. called the school and the police to report Mary's illegal behavior. Steve wasn't going to report it. Maybe he was embarrassed. And that's that could be very true. Maybe he felt that he resolved the situation by warning Villy, but he had a relative that was like, no, 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 who seemingly did the responsible thing. And on March 4th, 1997, 35-year-old Mary Kay Latorno was arrested at school for the sexual assault of Villy Falau. She was released on ROR. What's ROR? We know. Released on own recognizance. Yes. And that essentially just means that she's pledged her word to the court that she's going to return and they don't think that she's a flight risk or a potential danger to society. And I'm assuming she has to stay away from Billy. Absolutely. Okay. Court order in place. But she was not deterred by the arrest, Amy. She told her friends that this was the happiest she had ever been in her life, that Billy was the love of her life, and that they were going to live happily ever after with their child. Was she still pregnant? Or she was pregnant at this point. How far along was she? Or did she have the baby already? What was going on? Um, No, let's see. She was pregnant in October, so no. So she's having a, basically a romanticized delusion. I mean, her friend is on a documentary kind of saying... I don't know how she thought that this was going to be a reality. I don't know what she was thinking. And her friend seemed to understand that that was not the reality of the situation at all. What followed next was Steve initiated a divorce and Mary was left on her own. She couldn't have contact with her children for some time or it was supervised. She wasn't, you know, supposed to be in the home with them. A defense psychiatrist examined Mary and told the court that bipolar disorder was at least partially responsible for Mary's behavior because she had both mania and depression. But that was not going to be enough to excuse her offense. And so on August 7th, 1997, Mary Kay pled guilty to two counts of sexual assault against Vili Falau. She was facing up to seven years in prison but she appeared in the court. This was a very famous appearance. I don't know if you remember this one. I believe she had... Like the turquoise her, outfit? Yes, uh -huh. the turquoise outfit. She was crying. She was... Her hair was like curly and yes, out. Yeah. Yes, she, was remor she appeared remorseful. She begged for leniency. She seemed very genuine. Was she telling the court, like, I love him? And, no. Or what was, what was she her? She said, yeah. I had no right to do what I did. Oh. She appeared remorseful. She appeared to understand that she did something wrong. She was sorry. She was not going to do it again. This was the end of, you know, and this was basically what her lawyer had told her. Like, you better get up there and throw yourself on the mercy of the court. And where's Billy, meanwhile? Is he being, like, treated as a victim? Is he, what's... Billy was treated as a victim. He's always been treated as a victim. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Okay. The court believed that Mary was remorseful and she was genuine and sympathetic, obviously, because she was given a suspended sentence of seven and a half years to be served in the community. And she would have to undergo sex offender treatment, before which she was ordered to serve six months in jail, which was part of her sentence. And I'm assuming a restraining order against Villy. Absolutely. No contact with Villy 
at and all. And did she lose custody of her children? She did lose custody of her four children with Steve. Was and she allowed to have like supervised visits or? I believe she was allowed to have contact with them, but Steve moved them away pretty quickly too. He was not going to stay. Well, yeah, it's, this was, must have been so traumatizing, especially yes. for the child who was friends with Billy. Yes. Well, I think for everyone. He moved everyone, the, of He course. moved them back to Alaska. Okay. But would Mary, the big question is, would Mary stay away from Billy as ordered by the court? I would assume the answer is no. Absolutely not. She almost immediately resumed this relationship with Billy, with whom she now had a baby daughter. Who was raising the baby? Billy and his mother were raising the baby. I know Billy's the father, but he's... His mother was considered the custodian at the time. So okay, it was I his... was going to say, Billy's a child himself. He yes. can't get custody. It okay. was his mother who had custody and I'm baby. assuming she was angry. Oh, she was very angry. Of course, she felt so betrayed. I mean, Ugh. she allowed her child to go over. She trusted Mary. They all trusted. They felt like she was family. And what does Billy say? Does he say, I love her, I'm sorry, or I was attacked? Like, what is his narrative? Billy has always been of the position that he was the aggressor. He initiated this relationship and that he is no victim, that this was love and that they were in love. That's the narrative that we'll mm -hmm. hear later on as okay. well. Okay, so she initiates a, a relationship with Billy, even though the court has ordered her not to. And then on February 3rd, 1998, a police officer caught Mary and Billy in her car again. But at this point, Mary was well known to the police and to the world. She was a media sensation, mm -hmm. Amy, if you remember Court. Okay, yeah. You even knew the outfit she wore. Yeah. I mean, so I, I remember all mm -hmm. the coverage on her. She was widely believed to be the first, quote, female teacher to sexually abuse mm -hmm. her student, even though she wasn't the first. Mm -hmm. But this wasn't an area of much research or much publicity until Mary Kay Latorno. And I remember reading some really disturbing narratives. You know, people didn't see Villy as a victim because she was an attractive woman. Well, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about okay. the sentence and the criminal and why she received the sentence yeah, she did. Okay. But yes, she was definitely... Like, imagine if it roles were reversed. I mean... If the roles were reversed, yeah. I don't think there would ever been a, a you know, a suspended sentence. No. If this was, uh, no. you know, a male and a female 12-year-old, that male would be in prison for those seven and a half years. If not longer. And rightfully so. Yeah. And I think there was some sympathy for Mary, but I got to tell you, not this time around. Because mm -hmm. she was arrested again for violating the terms of her release. And this time, the judge was angry. You know, the judge had given her that lenient sentence and said, you know, you staying out of prison is up to you. Mm -hmm. You're the only person who can put yourself back in prison. The judge, this time, lifted the suspended sentence and imposed the full seven and one half years to be served in prison. Yeah, because it's an embarrassment. Of course it is. Absolutely. But if the first time wasn't big enough, Mary became a huge media sensation again. Mary seemed to like the attention, though. She talked to the media. She seemed to kind of relish some of the attention. And what is she saying at this point? Because the first time she said, it was wrong, I'm sorry. So what is she saying now? Now is she saying, I love him and I don't yes, care? Yes, now she's changed her narrative. And we'll talk, we're going to actually, I have in about two minutes <laughs> when I finish this, we're going to talk about the media um, appearances that she has done and that Billy have done as well. But before I get there, just so you know, while Mary is being ordered to serve her sentence, it turns out she was pregnant again with her second child with Villy. Yes. So she gave birth in prison to their second daughter who went to live with Villy and his mother and her sister. But Villy's mother, believe this or not, brought the children to visit Mary almost every weekend. Okay, so Villy's mother is no longer 
angry. I'm very confused. I think she was angry, but I think she also knew that this is her mother. She believed in the maternal bond and she didn't want the children to suffer and not be a part of their mother's lives. But those children are the product of somebody sexually like assaulting her child. I understand. It's so complicated. It's very complicated. It's not black and white, right? No, I mean, not. these issues are not so clear. So what happens to Mary? Well, she's a model prisoner. Actually, you know what? I wouldn't say she's a model prisoner. She's good, but she continued to write Billy letters and contact him the entire time she was incarcerated. And at that point, they can't charge her for anything else. It's not illegal to write letters to a minor, right? Well, there's no. Con she had a no contact order in place. Oh, so, so isn't isn't that a violation of? I would think it's a violation. And look, they might have slapped her wrist, and she might have gotten in some trouble in prison. But it wasn't like a new crime. They didn't charge her with anything additional. That's strange. Also, Couldn't it be harassment? It's, there's got to be a loophole. There's something they could, or like you said, just violation of an order of protection. I would think yeah. so. But they might have chose to just handle it internally, mm -hmm. um, or maybe they didn't handle it at all. I'm not sure. Maybe they thought, well, she's serving a lot of years. Yeah. Um, she'll stop. So she served every bit of that full seven and a half years. And after she was released, Mary and Villy did a lot of press. Uh, appearances. So they stayed together throughout the whole time. They did not. They weren't together the whole time, but they did resume their relationship. And I am going to discuss their relationship and what happened. Mary did a first big, big interview with Barbara Walters in 2004, right after mm -hmm. being released from prison. And during that interview, she expressed her love for Billy and her intentions of marrying him, saying that they were a couple. He had waited. By the way, he had other relationships. He's I 20, about 20 now. About 21. 21. Okay. Yeah. And then they both did a follow-up interview with Barbara, get this, on their 10th wedding anniversary because they got married. They followed through and did everything they said they were going to do. Did Mary have any, at the time, was she having any contact with her four children from her previous marriage? Yeah, she oh. did. Not, uh, I, I'll, I can tell you that her children, according to her, I don't know how much contact, I don't know what time they spent together, but she said that all of her children, and Billy said this in an interview, were involved in a part of her life. And, you know, he said, Billy had said that it was obviously awkward, but they tried to work and they tried to still get along. I don't know. That means they all forgave her. And I don't know to what extent they were in her life. So but he's technically the stepfather of his yes. friend. Yes, I know. This is very complicated and confusing. They interviewed, uh, Mary and Billy interviewed with Today in 2006. Mary did an episode of A&E's Biography. And their narrative and their appearances was always the same because you asked what was their story. Mary was unapologetic about her relationship, she called it with Billy. And I mean, it was a relationship at that point. He's a consenting mm -hmm. adult, but she's talking about earlier. Describing theirs as true love and feeling that she had not done anything wrong. Yes, she did not think so. She believed that she should never have been imprisoned. And she described and Billy both described him as the aggressor and pursuer of the relationship. That doesn't make it okay. I don't know that. Th I don't think that's true. No. But even if it were, that doesn't mean it's okay. He said that he made the first move, as I told you that, and this was his describing Who it. has moves at, tw was he 12 when they started? Yes. He said he <laughs> kissed her, that he resented being called a victim. And let me, let me say this. Throughout his whole life, he was then labeled a victim and people kept calling him victim, victim, victim. So I could see how he would resent that constant yeah, label of being absolutely, applied. But this also reminded me, I was watching the interview and I thought of the Hulu show. Have you seen the show with Kate Mara called A Teacher? No. Okay. Kate Mara plays a high school teacher who begins an illegal, let's just point it out. It's mm -hmm. not even that it's inappropriate. Yeah. It's a legal yeah. relationship with her student played by... Nick Robinson, do you know him? Do you ever no, see? Um, I don't know any of these people. What is it? Love, Simon? No. You're not cool. No. Anyway, but it appeared from that show from the very beginning in some ways that it seems like it's him, her student pursuing her. 
But then you realize that it's a very subtle process of grooming that's of course. happening. Yeah. It's not as clear as you think, though. You can see the process happening. I'm not going to give away the total ending, but I will say there is a point later on in which they have a meeting face to face again, you know, several years after. And she apologizes for having let him kiss her and having responded to his advances, Mm -hmm. seemingly unaware that she was the adult who facilitated this inappropriate relationship right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, it's just what you said. If a 12-year-old boy asks his 34-year-old teacher if he could kiss her, what would make him think that that was okay? Well, because, yeah... The reason why he thinks it's okay is because she was, like you said, already grooming him. Correct. There's no boundaries. And it was taking her lead right from the start. And that's what's, that, you know, this is the, I thought about this comparison here. Let me get to just a couple other things, life after the trial. Mary's ex-husband, Steve, just so you know, had moved back to Alaska with his children. He raised them as a single father, although he did remarry twice and he had two more children. By all accounts, his children, Mary's children, went on to thrive though I'm certain that her actions had a strong impact. And even if they thrived, there were undoubtedly consequences to I mean, these children. Besides the fact that they grew up without a mother, they have the embarrassment and the shame. And how could they not feel abandoned by her? I'm sure they had lots of these feelings. Yeah. After serving her full sentence, I told you, she was released from prison. And one day after her release, the no contact order was lifted against, because she had a no contact order with Villy, though he was 21 now. Yeah. So it was lifted. Yeah. And she quickly reunited with Villy and their daughters. Like I said, they had gotten married shortly after in 2005. They stayed together raising their daughters for the next 12 years. And during that time, Mary was able to repair her relations with her children or relationships with her children from her first marriage. And again, though we don't know to what extent, she said that they She had relationships with all of them. She didn't go back to teaching. No, but she unrealistically discussed in an interview how she'd love to teach again. Not understanding that, you (laughs) know, as a registered sex offender, you're not going to be allowed to have contact with children. No. It still seemed from her interviews, Amy, that she was romanticizing her life and even what her life would be after. Mm -hmm. Billy filed for separation in 2017 which initially was reported for Villy to be able to run a legal marijuana business, so a dispensary, I guess. So the reason why is that he would have had trouble passing the background check because they do a background check on your spouse, too. And she was a reported sex offender. Oh, so they were still together, though? They appeared to be together, but it seemed a little bit on and off after, I think, 2018. And then they finally divorced in 2019. I don't know the reason why. I think they were not very public about what the reason was. Did either one of them date other people publicly between the divorce and when that news came out? Not that I know of. So I wonder if that whole thing was just for the purpose of his business, you know, going as far as to divorce. No, they divorced and separated. They were no longer living together. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the children were grown at this, uh, teenagers. Yes. And then in 2020, Mary Kay received some devastating news. She found out that she had colon cancer. Billy came to her side and he stayed with her for the next couple of months. Mary did not seem to believe that it was terminal, even though she was told it was. Again, she had this idea that Villy told someone in an interview, I saw this, that there was going to be a miracle and she was going to be okay. Mm. But she died a couple months later with Villy by her side. So much to his credit, you know, he went and he took care of her. In the end, Mary would wind up telling people, some of the people in her life, that she was remorseful for the destruction she brought on so many people. She had also wrote some letters and I think she... I think it wasn't until the very end that she came to sort of realize that what she had done was wrong and it impacted so many people's lives. We have a lot to discuss now with Mary's offending, Amy. This is going to be interesting. 
There's a few big questions here and a lot to unpack. So I'm going to discuss some major points and I want you to just feel free to jump in wherever you see fit, okay? First, I want to begin with Mary's typology. Female sex offenders are still an understudied group, just so you know, and there are not as many categories for them as there are for males. But this is where I spoke with Alexa Sardinia from Beyond Fear podcast. I wanted to get her input. And according to Alexa, one of the first, if not the first, typology of women that perpetrate sex offenses was developed by Matthews and others in 1989. And Mary would fall into this category of the, quote, teacher-lover typology. Have you heard of this one? I never knew it was a typology. I've heard of cases that fall under it. Okay. So this type of woman believes she is in a consenting and loving relationship with the person she is abusing. The person being abused is typically an adolescent male, young, and women in this category usually deny any abusive behavior. What I don't understand is why is this used to explain female teachers and not male teachers? I think it's because of the nature of female offending. I think it's because so many women who perpetrate sex offenses actually fall into this category. And because male offending is different. Some males will believe they're in the maybe a consenting relationship, but a good majority of the males who perpetrate these crimes recognize that what they're doing is wrong. Exactly. Where the females in this group do not. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you. Now, how do we explain Mary's denials of abusive behavior? Well, I think this brings us to what, Amy? Techniques of neutralization. Okay. The techniques of neutralization. We've discussed this before. Techniques where people neutralize their guilt. Denial of injury? Denial of injury, absolutely. Because he liked it, liked her. She doesn't believe she did anything wrong. Yeah. And? Um, Denial of victim? Correct. Because she doesn't believe he's a victim, even though he's a child. Yes, she doesn't see him that way. So you definitely see the techniques of neutralization at play. She thinks she's a good person. She thinks he is in a consenting relationship. She hasn't done anything wrong. Why did she turn to Villy in the first place? Um, This is hard to speculate. Her marriage was failing very badly. And I think, and I did run this by Alexa as well, but I think that Mary was very emotionally immature. And so I don't think she was a very good match for an adult, you know, an equal. I think she was, I think she was immature in many ways. Did she date other than her husband? I don't think a lot, no. So her husband was like the only, you know, person I think she had a long-term relationship with. Remember, they were together from college on. I don't think she dated much in high school, perhaps a little bit, but I think that also, you know, so I think she's emotionally mature, right? And then in Villy, she had an admirer because he did admire her, Mm -hmm. which I think felt really good to Mary, validating her. Mm -hmm. And I think that Villy was safe because he wasn't quite her equal. So she didn't have to be her grown up self with Villy. Yeah. This was a fantasy land or fantasy world for her in many ways in which she could escape. Plus, You have to look at Mary's role models. Well, yeah, that I mean, that's the first thing I wrote down here. Differential association, social learning theory. Okay. And differential reinforcement. Okay. Well, can you explain? Well, social learning theory is very simply modeling behavior, right? And her father had Uh, modeled similar behavior. Her father modeled similar behavior. And then bringing it to differential reinforcement, he was not seemingly punished for that behavior, which reinforces that it's not so bad. That's exactly right. Not only was, as far as I understand, he wasn't fired and he wasn't charged legally. His wife went back to him. That's correct. He lost his political career, which you might say is a loss. But other than that, he didn't really suffer serious repercussions. No. And Mary was a big defender of her father, too. 
And she was very close with her father. So right. the closer we are with an individual, the more their actions are going to have an effect on us. Absolutely. Okay. So you have differential reinforcement and learning theory Social here. Social learning, yeah. I mean, you can say strain like everything else, but I'm not even going to bother. Because remember, you said her father died and her marriage was falling apart right before she... She had major stressors, which does indicate strain. But... And look, she did not have healthy coping mechanisms. She was not mature. People who, we always talk about the strain is general, but people can deal with stress who have healthy coping mechanisms, mm -hmm. who are, can take responsibility, and who can minimize some of the, they are able to minimize or look at it in the right frame, you know, the stressor that's happened. Mm -hmm. So if people aren't able to do that, then they respond in ways that are, are, that are acting out. Psychiatrists also diagnosed Mary with bipolar disorder, characterized in her case by serious bouts of depression and mania. And while I don't doubt this diagnosis, I don't think it explains her behavior. I don't think so either. I almost think it's unrelated in a way. Bipolar disorder affects, you know, we covered this recently when we released Britney Spears' case. I remember doing some research and it affects 1% of all Americans. But I assure you that 1% of all Americans, they are not committing sex offenses because of bipolar disorder and are not against children. So I don't think that's an adequate explanation for me. I think the biggest issue is that most people, maybe now it's different, but at the time... I don't think everyone was looking at her as a sexual predator. I don't think they were in the first instance, but I do think when she was brought back the second time, they started to see her as a sexual predator then. I mean, I think people were offended by that. Mm -hmm. I've also heard others diagnose Mary with various personality disorders, including borderline personality, histrionic personality disorder, and narcissistic personality disorder. But I can say that I really can't speak to um, personality disorder in this case because I think, honestly, I've explained Mary's offending to the best of my criminological mm -hmm. ability by looking at, you know, the other theories. So I wouldn't doubt if, you know, some or, or more of these disorders are present. I just don't know that it would be used rightfully to explain her criminal offending, per I se. I don't think it can, but I think it's clear that she has narcissistic traits. I think she has. I yeah, think I see traits of yeah. all of those. Uh -huh. uh, actually, I do. Um, I, I definitely see traits. So in the end, did the system get it right, Amy? I don't think so. Mm, why not? I think the fact that she was allowed to correspond with him while incarcerated, I'm assuming he was still underage. She wasn't allowed to. I don't know to how many times she was caught. Gotcha. I don't know. Okay. You so know, I do, I, I do see what you're saying. It was known, I think, at some level that she was still writing to him. That the system failed, I think, to protect him. They should have been monitoring his mail, monitoring his phone, making sure, because she clearly wasn't able to stay away from him as proven by the first time that they tried to give her a chance. Yeah. So I think they should have kept a closer eye on her. The problem here, it gets very complicated because when she was released, he was a consenting adult. You can't do anything to keep them apart. No, of course not. But, but it's still... For me, actually, the bigger problem is the fact that she was initially given a suspended sentence. Oh, well, for sure. Because as we mentioned earlier, if this was a male and female reversal... There is not a chance that that would have happened. I absolutely agree. This is a gender lens. I think she benefited from being a demure, attractive female. I was going to say, let's not let's not ignore, you know, the class aspect and the race aspect as well. I think absolutely. She was a white female, you know, middle class. Attractive. Attractive. And if I understand this correctly, and this is just anecdotally, a lot of women that fall into the category of sexual offenders, the school teachers, mm -hmm. they usually look like Mary Kay. Yes, a lot of them do. Yeah. Uh, it's It's surprising. And honestly, it's not my area of expertise, but, you know, I would be interested to pick Alexa's brain a little bit more mm -hmm. on this. There's another interesting aspect to this story that that complicated how many people feel about it, though, Amy. Like you had mentioned he was a consenting adult when Mary got out. 
they got married and they spent 12 years together. So like Barbara Walters even seemed to struggle with this part of the equation, saying something like, yes, she was wrong, but they've been married for 10 years or so. So is this really a love story in the end? No, nope. no, I agree that it's not. <laughs> but I think I if, they, it. if yeah. they did not reunite when Billy w- was a consenting yeah. adult, I don't think anyone would have trouble you mm-hmm. know, judging this for what it is. But I think the fact that they did wound up spending all those years together, people have complicated feelings. It makes feelings. it so complicated. It really does. It certainly does. Billy was an adult when they got married and they had children together and they wanted to raise them together. But I have to wonder how healthy this relationship was in the end for Billy, Mary and the children based upon how they, you know, got out. It seems I've look, I've seen interviews with their children and they seem very happy. Um, they regarded both their parents well. They understand how they met. They know the circumstances behind their union. They seemed very, again, healthy, I would say. But in the end, regardless of outcomes, Mary committed a serious crime. Yeah. And I mean, she paid a price in the criminal justice system, but I also suspect at the end, based on what was reported, it was her conscience that paid the real price. At least I really hope so. Yeah, I mean, she she definitely died an untimely death. She died an untimely death, but I think it was perhaps this illness and the realization that forced her to examine her own behavior. Oh, so you're saying towards the end of her life, she started seeing the harm that she caused to so many people. That's exactly what I think happened. I think it was at the end and with that impending knowing that she was going to die that Mm -hmm. she started. That's when people reflect. And I think she did realize in the end that what she did was wrong. Mm. Wow. That was a lot to uh, discuss. I would like to thank all the people who wrote to us requesting this episode. I hope we explained it. I hope you learned a lot today. Amy, you want to add? Not only did I learn a lot about this case, I also learned that just because a case is seemingly popular and overdone, I think I'm going to start covering some of these because I thought I knew But when you don't do a deep dive into these cases, you're misled because what I knew was just like the media headlines, the this, the that. But hearing about, you know, all of the details really gives such a different picture to it. Yes. I learned a lot in the research and I'm grateful to the listeners who suggest it. They're uh, helping us up our own game. Yep. On to more well-known cases. All right. As usual, um, we'd like to thank everyone for listening today and we'll catch you next time on Women in Crime. Women in Crime is written and hosted by Megan Sachs and Amy Schlossberg. Our producer is James Varga, edited by Jose Alfonso. Music composition is by Dessert Media. If you enjoy the show, please remember to subscribe and leave a review. You can also support the show through Patreon, where you can get access to additional ad-free content such as virtual happy hours and an extra full-length episode each month. For more information, visit patreon.com slash womenincrime. Sources for today's episode include People.com, Rolling Stone, an episode of Mugshots, Crime Library, Los Angeles Times, and ABC News. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.